Welcome to the Dear Nikki Mama podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Martha. And our mission is to connect the past and the present Nikki Mom by celebrating our stories and what our babies have overcome. Whether your NICU journey was 50 years ago or whether you find yourself in the NICU today, we hope that this podcast reminds you that you are not alone. Before we start this beautiful part two episode with Natalie, just want to make another mention that this episode does contain really heavy themes and we're talking about difficult mental health issues. And we know that the majority of NICU moms experience some level of those. So before you listen and take a deep dive in, make sure that you're in a safe environment, you're in a space that you can digest and feel safe afterwards. Know that it might take a lot out of you mentally and emotionally to listen to it. So maybe not while you're driving in traffic, you know, on the 405 in, L- in Los Angeles, but maybe uh, with a cup of tea next to your cat purring. I don't know. I'm just imagining this for myself. So just wanted to let you know it is beautiful information and we so look forward to having you hear it. Hello and welcome to the Dear Nikki Mama podcast with me, Martha and Ashley. And also... Natalie. Yes, that was so fun. (laughs) Again, we can just go home now. We've done it. Uh, This is actually part two of an episode we're doing with Natalie Ryder of Prairie Land Counseling Services. Uh, She specializes in maternal mental health, women's mental health issues. uh, And we're talking about postpartum bodies, especially after NICU. Uh, so thank you so much for being here again. We think you're great. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We all, all the time we're like, what if we ask Natalie this? What if we ask Natalie this? Our Slack is so funny. Um, so maybe, let's just jump right in, huh? Yes. So part one, we talked a little bit more of the science of trauma, kind of how our minds are rewired and how it's affected. And this episode, we're going to focus heavily on how we move forward from there, how we can love ourselves, how we can love our bodies and really heal and grow. So Mm -hmm. I'm super excited about this. Yes, yes, yes. So you've gone through the postpartum experience. You've had a baby in the NICU. Maybe you're in the NICU right now. I think the most common thing we hear on, I mean, honestly, it's probably posted a couple times a month in the support group is how do I get over the feeling of guilt Like, I did this to my baby. Mm -hmm. This experience didn't go the way it was supposed to. My body failed me. That, Mm -hmm. I mean, the my body failed me thing is, if we took a survey today, I feel like everyone in our support would would raise their hands. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do we do? Where do we even start in shifting that inner dialogue? Yeah, that's a great question. So one of kind of the side effects of trauma is that oftentimes we will feel disconnected from our body. And so... You might hear about like depersonalization or derealization, and that's when perhaps we feel detached or numb or separated from parts of our body mm-hmm. or our body, um, you know, whether it's being like triggered during a flashback or um, just feeling overwhelmed by a current trigger, things kind of like that. So when we have or are working with parents who have gone through a pretty traumatic event, talking about their bodies can be triggering in and of itself. Right. You know, much less my body failed me. Now I also feel just very uncomfortable in it. And I'm not Mm -hmm. really even quite sure how it Mm -hmm. functions anymore. Because really the part of my brain that kind of monitors that has really just turned off. Mm -hmm. And so even talking about how do we work with and deal with the feelings of guilt associated with my body failed me is starting to deal with the fact that our body has gone through a huge trauma. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think if we can, you know, really start to work with the fact that 
we were also impacted, you know, by this this traumatic birth. Our, our, mm-hmm. our child was obviously very impacted, but so were we. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like we're an innocent party in in this in this event that we just stood by and did nothing. Yeah, because yeah. that's mm-hmm. it's not the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, how many people stayed on bed rest or were in the hospital for a number of weeks or went in and sat, you know, in the NICU for X amount of days or hours, you know, mm-hmm. um, pumped, like mm-hmm. we talked about a little bit last episode, just, you know, religiously over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so the fact is, is that your body, it's it's important to recognize the role that it did play. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. Your your child may have been born early, but it's not as though you were, you signaled to your body, hey, you know what? I'm tired of being pregnant at you know at 21 weeks, so mm-hmm. I think I should just have this baby now because it feels more convenient. Mm-hmm. You know, those are not things that happened. Mm-hmm. What happened was beyond your control, and I think you know that's where a lot of the guilt kind of comes into play. Is that if we feel guilty about what happened that gives us a sense of control Hmm. you know if I hadn't gone on vacation Mm -hmm. walked up that flight of stairs Mm -hmm. laid that way taken a bath eaten a piece of summer sausage Mm -hmm. something along those lines then this wouldn't have happened and the truth is is that we don't have a control we'd have no control over that Mm -hmm. and so guilt is a very kind of twisted way, kind of back roady way of making us feel like we had some control over the situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really powerful. I mean, and if you're listening to that and you're you're crying right now, that's okay because replay it again. Yeah, and replay again. Yes, and again. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's it's so important to realize that we are trying to like make sense of mm-hmm. a situation that largely does not make sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the fact that our brains can even slightly comprehend what's happening is pretty miraculous mm-hmm. um, to begin with. Um, so that idea of separating from your body, the, mm-hmm. the part that kind of, of your brain that connects with your body turns off during trauma. I mean, on top of that, you've also had like a major sometimes a major surgery, mm-hmm. a major physical exertion. I mean, uh, vaginal birth is exhausting. Yeah. Um, you've just had a lot of drugs pumped in your body, um, possibly, and it was maybe fast, diff- uh, outside according to your medical plan that you had in mind. So there were a lot of uh, other changes to your body. So you literally sometimes wake up mm-hmm. and you were pregnant and then you're not pregnant. Right. Um. So the separation with your body, how would you even start to kind of build up that relationship or that integration again? Right. Well, I think the first step whenever you're going to deal with trauma is to make sure that you have the appropriate coping skills into play. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to tap into some pretty deep emotions that can cause a lot of different physiological and psychological reactions without having a safe space Mm -hmm. to kind of be in or to Mm -hmm. explore in or to give yourself kind of the ability to um, do so in a a healthy way. So coping skills like, you know, having a counselor that you're talking to on a regular basis, having a partner that you feel supported by, um, having a mom's group or other peer supports, Mm -hmm. um, exercise, healthy eating, meditation, mindfulness, self-compassion, um, 
yoga practice, things that you can do when you start to feel overwhelmed. Mm. Because diving into your trauma is overwhelming. Right. And it's, I mean, honestly, it sounds like a lot of work too. I mean, you're, you have to build up an arsenal. It sounds like you're describing like a toolbox of things you can use. Yep. Well, and I think that we want it to be so instant. Like we just want to be done dealing with this. We want to just be back to our normal selves Mm -hmm. and it takes time. And like you said, like there's those practices, it takes intentionality Mm -hmm. and these things, you know, it takes time to heal, especially for something like a NICU journey or Mm -hmm. trauma and things like Mm -hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It's not just a, oh, I went through it. I did some counseling and now I'm done. Yeah. You know, it can be a lifelong process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially because it's associated with like this wonderful live or lives that you brought into the world too. Yeah. I mean, I know personally that I really struggled with my, one of the reasons I struggled with my relationship, you know, bonding with my daughter was because I, it was all tied up in the trauma too, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was very confusing to try to figure out. And I was just like, I want this to go away. Just like you said, so I can focus on being a mom, being a mom, which is like so hard. Mm -hmm. Enjoying this new season. (laughs) Right. Trademark. Never anybody. And you know, a couple of really important things to consider is that, you know, number one, one of the best ways that your body heals is through sleep, Mm. which is not something that you're getting. As a parent period, mm-hmm. let's face it, no matter what age your kids are, your sleep is forever altered. Yeah. Um, and so even when we talk about or when I work with clients who have a lot of trauma, we're dealing with that. It's it's very common for them to leave the office and be like, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I just I need to take a nap. Or I need to take a break. And, mm-hmm. and you're like, OK, then do that. Mm-hmm. You know, rest is extremely healing. Mm-hmm. You know, so making sure that that's something that you're able to get a lot of. Um, you know, rest is just kind of the most basic thing that we need to treat anything, anxiety, depression, irritability, mm-hmm. um, frustration, fights with your partner, mm-hmm. you know, taking that break, having that rest, that's all an important piece. Mm-hmm. And so if you're like, I'm, A, I'm going to deal with this new life that, um, you know, A, doesn't sleep through the night because they shouldn't be. <laughs> Right. I think a lot of parents are like, my baby hasn't slept through the night. It's like, because they're not supposed to be. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if your your kid does, great. Yay. Um, no one's better. No one's better. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> definitely not. No, congrats. We love you. Yes. But, um, you know, even just making sure that your basics are taken care of. Like, right. do you A, have somebody that can take care of your child if you need a break? If, you know, if that's going to be overwhelming for you do you have the ability to get an adequate amount of sleep you know are you eating healthy foods Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know so making sure even just those basics are being met before you kind of start to delve into Mm -hmm. you know what are your what are your emotional resources right before kind of dealing with some of the trauma Mm -hmm. and so i i suppose too i mean if you're in the midst of it what what would you say to someone who is like still in the middle of their nick you say it might not be a while you know, do they take, how do they even kind of comprehend taking time to address it now? Or do they wait till later? Is it, do you just rely on your survival skills? Like how, what do you do? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I think getting help as soon as possible is the absolute best thing Mm -hmm. because then you're, you know, you're shifting from being uh, reactive to being proactive. Sure. in, In a sense. Yeah. So that might mean that, 
you may spend slightly less time in the NICU, mm-hmm. um, perhaps going to therapy or, you know, taking the ability to take some naps or to get some rest mm-hmm. and, you know, doing some of those kinds of things. But that might mean that the exchange is that the time that you're in the NICU, you know, your cortisol and your stress level and hormone is lowered and then your baby doesn't feed off that as much. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really appreciate that the first, I guess, tool tool in our toolbox that you offered us was rest. Mm-hmm. Because I think as moms, we, we like to have checkboxes of to-dos and we like to instead just add more versus mm-hmm. take away. Mm-hmm. And so I love that that first concept is, no, you're not going to add on 50 more things. You're just going to start with rest. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see what else you can get done that yeah. day. I think that that's really empowering, especially when you have so many decisions to make every day in the NICU. Mm-hmm. And it feels like decision fatigue is oh, on your mm-hmm. mind all the time. Yep. To rest as being your first tool is mm-hmm. really, really empowering. Absolutely. I think it doesn't have to be complicated either I mean mm-hmm. even if you know I feel like sometimes it's difficult to leave the NICU because especially if you leave far live far away but yep. to get out to pack up your stuff to go back to get your car whatever it takes like whatever but it can it be just like finding a quiet spot in the lobby you know what I mean or mm-hmm. a sunny spot where you listen to music you like or something like that it doesn't yeah. necessarily I mean you should sleep still <laughs> but but if even if that doesn't seem possible possible you know to like take three hours away to go to the spa you know start small right Right. yeah absolutely you know the point you made about yes not everybody lives by the NICU and so taking small breaks when and if you can Mm -hmm. and knowing that that's important yep that you do need to step outside you do need to connect with the world around you yeah um you know whether that's with partners or friends or coworkers or you know, whoever else that might, might be, but you, there is a need to kind of step outside and it's not an abandonment or neglect or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's important to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think even that can feel guilty. Oh, absolutely. You know, lead lead to those feelings of guilt. Yeah. And it's hard to reason because you're in that, um, your cognitive part of your brain is like, no, thank you. Bye. You know? So it's really hard to even reason that for yourself. Right. Um, you know what else I think too, a lot of moms post about, I can't, I'll see a therapist later or Mm -hmm. I'll find a counselor later. But I I also just want to let moms know that there's like this, there's tele, tele telemedicine available. Mm -hmm. And so even if it doesn't seem possible to find somebody or to leave the NICU or to leave your home to go for that. There are other options available, right? Yeah. So I, um, so I'm a board, a board certified uh, telehealth therapist, and so I do um, therapy with people via the internet. And so oftentimes it's like an app on their phone or on their laptop or iPad or something like that. Um, and so as long as, like for me specifically, they're located in the state of North Dakota, I can see them wherever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of different um, text-based therapies for, if you know, like I'm having a lot of anxiety right now mm-hmm. um, that can help you kind of get through those tougher moments if that's something that you need. Right. But telehealth is wonderful. Mm-hmm. If you're not able to get out and get away, um, then see what telehealth options you have available, mm-hmm. you know. And then also ask yourself, you know, I think maybe something to process with 
a counselor if you're choosing to engage in is, you know, I don't feel like I can leave the NICU because for an hour because of mm-hmm. blank, you know, right. so yeah. even maybe part of your treatment or part of your therapy plan is, you know, I'm going to try to come in for a session every other week right, or once a month right, and start to build, you know, your mm-hmm. kind of resil- resiliency and exposure to stepping mm-hmm. outside. Yeah. And the early, obviously, the earlier that you're able to address it, the 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 earlier you're going to be able to cope and yes. and mm-hmm. um, be able to find moments of peace and start regulating your nervous system. Right. Not that you can regulate it. I mean, I mean, well, it's y- in yes. charge, but yes, but you, I mean, you can, and yeah. you know, um, things like like deep breathing, you know, that can help to release like endorphins and serotonin and and reduce cortisol. Um, You know, EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing allows for your body and your mind to kind of reconnect and process memories, you know, in a different way. Um, There are ways to work with your nervous system to kind of re-regulate it in a way that is positive for you and also in a safe space Yeah, that if you're going to be triggered, um, you have resources available. But again, yeah. that's why laying that groundwork of having the resources before. Mm-hmm. Um, a great analogy I love to use is that, you know, you, you don't learn how to play football in the Super Bowl. You don't mm-hmm. learn how to, <laughs> you know, shoot a basketball, right. you know, in the finals. You don't learn skills that you need in a, in a crunch moment. Right. And so, you know, practicing some of the things, you know, even like I'm going to go on a 15 minute walk outside of the NICU and mm-hmm. working on building like that or I'm going to work on, you know, finding the funniest YouTube clips for five minutes, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Trying to infuse some humor or some balance back into things is really important. Yeah, I, I think that's beautiful. It's I, I think that... Um, something I want to affirm in whoever's listening is that you, you can do that. You can really just focus on the fact that you've gone through what you have and you're still standing. So mm-hmm. absolutely you can find those tools. Yes. It, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility for anybody. No. So that, I think that's really beautiful to think about. Um, I, I think another part of it we want to talk about too is, is practicing radical self-love and appreciation of our bodies, our postpartum bodies. So if, you know, it's the other end of the spectrum of my body betrayed me, what is a body? I don't have one. Yeah. Um, is really honoring and celebrating your body. Yep. So obviously there's probably some healing and yeah. some trauma work that needs mm-hmm. to happen in between then. But what would be a, a, some ways of doing that? So I think kind of like we alluded to earlier, just even um, identifying the things that your body has done right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I carried to X number of weeks. Mm-hmm. I um, have been able to be here and be present in the NICU during this amount of time. Um, you know, and even just starting with things maybe that seem kind of basic or simple, like today I want to thank my lungs for breathing and providing me with the air to be alive. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's start there. You know, I want to thank my heart for pumping, you know, and, you know, I want to thank my my boobs for giving me milk if I'm choosing to pump or breastfeed or, you know, I want to thank my feet for walking up these stairs, even though I know what's waiting for me and I know how difficult it is. Mm -hmm. Like these are all things that are 
maybe things that we take for granted or we don't think about and so drawing attention to them and if that feels like a safe place to start Mm -hmm. then that's a really wonderful place to start Mm -hmm. because part of the journey is going to be forgiveness and I think when people hear the word forgiveness they think that means that what we have to say what happened was okay and that's not necessarily true you know when we talk about forgiveness oftentimes it's more of a you know I accept the fact that this happened and I'm choosing to move beyond it, mm. you know? And so I forgive my body mm. for the fact that, you know, it, it didn't necessarily carry to 40 weeks or it did carry to 40 weeks and, and my, my child still had an acute stay or, or something happened. Um, no, I'm, I'm not okay with that. And, and that's okay. But I have to also understand that there, was, there wasn't any sort of sense of control that I could have done things differently Mm -hmm. you know and so it's almost like becoming Mm -hmm. um like you're going to live on the same block with your with your body again and so when you see it occasionally walking in your evening walk you can be like hey what's up (laughs) you know you don't have to necessarily like move in together and Mm -hmm. but you know maybe the next Mm -hmm. week or the next month you move one house closer and you're like oh you have a nice flower garden I like that you know so like wait a minute I have are we allowed to kind of swear Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Like, damn, you have a nice ass. Yeah. Look at that. I admire that booty. Like, yes. you're yes. doing great things. I'm going to make yourself. that into an Instagram quote on our grid. Yeah. Okay, great. Excellent. We'll do a meme of your headshot, too. Perfect. Oh, yes, please. Good. That would be amazing. Put that in your materials. Yes. That would be amazing. Yes. Yes, it would. You know, but then like highlighting the things that you've always identified as strengths, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, remember the fact that I used to be able to like deadlift or bench press or run or, mm-hmm. you know, do all these things. Well, guess what I can do now? I can rock a baby back and forth like nobody's business mm-hmm. while dodging three nurses on round. Yeah. <laughs> like if that's not skill, I don't know what is, Yeah, you know, sure. and so recognizing the strengths that maybe we used to have that allowed us to be and provide the things that we're doing now I think also you know reconnecting with your body in a way that feels safe so it might be starting with things like gentle touch um, massage uh, myofascial release acupuncture chiropractic care Mm -hmm. medical care Um, you know we're again very um, willing to take our, our children to the doctor but moms tend to put themselves, moms and partners tend to put themselves on the back burner. And so our aches and pains and things like that, you know, don't get addressed. But if we're not healthy, the type of care that we provide to our children is impacted by that, mm-hmm. you know. And so understanding that, you know, taking time to make sure if you, you know, if you have a lot of back pain or something like that, that if you're going to the chiropractor, if that's what, what your body needs, Um what are the kind of foods that you're eating? Are you are you eating healthy in a way that allows you to have energy and mm-hmm. and a better mood? Um, you know, am I, am I living and treating my body in a way that it will serve me? You know, my body is the one thing I will never run away from. And I have a choice of fighting against it every single day of my life or accepting it for where it's at. Mm-hmm. And the way that you feel one way might be very different from the next day. But again, accepting the fact that it doesn't always have to be one or the other, mm-hmm. you know, and very much kind of like grief because trauma is grief just because I'm not in love with everything one day doesn't mean that the day won't ever happen, but I don't have to love it every day, mm-hmm. you know, 
That's not ever a thing that anybody has ever said. I love my body every single day of the week. Mm. That's not a thing, mm-hmm. you know? I think like one of the, one a really wonderful kind of celebrity, you know, is Chrissy Teigen, you know, who talks about just kind of maybe some of the ups and downs she's had, like pretty good postpartum depression, but just even like, here's this gorgeous supermodel married to John Legend, mm-hmm. who's like, oh, you know, someone thought I was pregnant and I had a burrito and, you know, <laughs> yes. things like that, but that we... You know, we all have days that are ups and downs mm-hmm. and accepting that as kind of part of it. You know, emotions are waves. There's many of them in the sea, mm-hmm. and, but they always come and go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so connecting to your body in a way that feels safe for you, feels genuine for you, but also includes a physical aspect. Mm-hmm. So if you loved physical activity before, reconnecting that way, you know, if physical activity was something that you weren't a super big fan of I wouldn't necessarily start that way mm-hmm. you know if you're like I hated running but I feel the way that I'm going to connect to my body post trauma yeah. is to go run a marathon <laughs> yeah I tried that didn't work well, yeah but, <laughs> for some people it might yes 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 for some people it might but there might be other ways to ease into it mm-hmm. like what about again like starting with some yoga what about you know and again starting with like five minutes of yoga nobody says you have to go do hot yoga right. the minute you're discharged <laughs> from the hospital i did that too i like passed out i was like this is so hard i was like this is hot in here she was like yes that's why we call it hot yoga yes sorry no but i think an important thing to remember about when you start to add in the physical aspect is that our muscle holds memory mm-hmm. and so if we start to work a muscle, it's not uncommon for us to experience a memory associated with that, mm-hmm. you know, especially when we talk about like giving birth, sometimes having sex is extremely traumatic again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking with your partner about that, making sure that there's adequate amount of arousal and foreplay and so that everybody feels that we're able to do it in a safe way. Mm-hmm. Safe word, pineapple. Yeah, so. yes. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very, very good point. Yeah, I think too that it really plays into the you um, communicating with your partner. Yep. Really, like explicitly clear, um, because uh, you know there's probably not a lot of attention that's played on like women's pleasure and experience in intercourse anyway. Right. So that's not a huge part of the lexicon of life, but. Also, um, especially after this, because it everything is really different. The sensations are different, but it's also, um, you know, you just had that major trauma, and then things are rearranging and shifting too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I think that's so important to to remember about about intimacy. Well, and you know, even kind of an old an old wives' tale is that you know breastfeeding is like a natural form of birth control. Well, it's not. Um, mm-hmm. But what breastfeeding does do is it impacts your like your cycle and your hormone release. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even if we think about things like um, arousal or vaginal dryness mm-hmm. um, or things like that, mm-hmm. those are all things that are impacted just by the birth experience. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah. One thing even, you know, going a step further from intimacy is just any type of medical procedure that oh, is yeah. like... I had a um, an ultrasound done, and I texted Martha and Kendra, and I was like, I need you to check in on me today. I'm having an ultrasound, and I'm not pregnant, and I'm not mentally prepared, yeah. <laughs> you know? And if you have medical procedures coming up where there's going to be an ultrasound or where there's going to be a scope done that reminds you of pregnancy or even just being in that area reminds you of 
the whole birth experience, being mm-hmm. honest with your medical profession, you know, your medical care provider. I had to tell her, like, I'm probably going to cry. It's not because you're hurting me. It's because Mm -hmm. this is making me relive a lot of feelings. And I feel like it helped our appointment go so much smoother because Mm. she was aware and I had a chance to voice my concern. And Mm -hmm. then she was extra gentle with the procedure. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, that can be, yeah, our body hold memory, like you said. Absolutely. Well, and you know what? That's a way to gain back a little bit of power about your experience Mm -hmm. is advocating for yourself in future you know, situations point. so that you're not being re-traumatized. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and if you have a medical provider who's like, oh, I really don't care about that, maybe finding a medical provider who is mm-hmm. a little right. bit more sensitive mm-hmm. to that. But even just thinking about going in and, you know, having any sort of procedure done, the beeps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The smells. The, the smells. Rings. Oh, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know. The, the humming of the ultrasound machine mm-hmm. was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to this day, I really struggle with the dentist because um, when I, for both my kids, I was on bed rest, but I was laying on my back. I had to be on horizontal bed rest or Trendelenburg. And I didn't even think about it. But when I got in the chair and they pushed me back, mm-hmm. like the sound of the motorized chair was like this. And I immediately was like, I have PTSD. And then I, I like verbal diary at this poor woman. <laughs> like she didn't want to hear all this. But I, yeah. do find, I did find it to be really empowering yeah. by being really vulnerable. Like with my eye doctor, he was like, this is not relevant. You're, like you're right. <laughs> That is untrue. <laughs> they use bright lights. Yeah. There are that bright lights true. in this an OR. True. This is true. But he was like, uh, I was like way oversharing. And I was like, and then I had a classical C-section, which was a vertical incision. <laughs> and he was like, so do you want contacts? <laughs> so there's a history of surgery. Yes. So he was like, uh, I was like, what's your address? That's what I was <laughs> Anyway, sorry we can we sorry we can move no. on. Yeah, this is all good stuff though. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I also one thing that you shared, um, you mentioned that we texted each other when you said you 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 reached out ahead of time saying I know this is going to be a, a difficult day. One thing I think that really highlights is the fact that we found community mm-hmm. and we've been reading as a group. Mm-hmm. Um, Bessel van thank you, Bessel van de Kolk. Yes, thank you. The body keeps the score. Yep. Which is like a, a very, like a, a, the preeminent writing of, on trauma, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's really interesting. But one of the things he mentions in there is that community can be one of the most healing aspects of, um, of, of trauma healing. It's just one of the best things that you can do for yourself. And so that's what I really think that we do in Dear Nikki Mama is, you know, we're not medical professionals, but we're here and we see you. And so I really love that we've been able to find, you know, Ashley, Kendra and I are a little community. And even though we don't physically see each other, we can reach out to each other and say, um, I just found out that my best friend is pregnant or I have to go to a baby shower or I have to go to the mm-hmm. dentist and they're going to ask me my addresses. You know, those yeah. things, we have a little community network and all it takes is just a little text and mm-hmm. then I know that they're there and they can support me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like finding those friendships and that support system, um, maybe it's your partner, maybe it's not, mm-hmm. is, is really, really important too. And I think to add on to that, I think it's... Um, it's maybe one of the harder parts of motherhood that I've noticed, especially post-NICU, but your community may change. Mm-hmm. Oh, Who your yeah. community was before motherhood or the NICU may look different afterwards. And it can be really hard when your community doesn't understand you in the way that you hoped they would or they didn't yeah. show up. And so sure. it may be rearranging who your community is. It may yeah. be doing that hard decision of letting go of other 
relationships you've had and pursuing new ones with moms who get it. Mm-hmm. And it's growing pains and it hurts, but it can be so life-giving too to really find those people that get you. Mm-hmm. I think you bring up an incredibly important point, um, and that is a relationship being a healer. And so one of the first things that they teach you in um, counseling in, in your master's program is is the importance of the rapport that you have with the, with your client, the importance of the therapeutic relationship. And they do study after study after study. And what study after study shows us is that, yes, certain um, techniques or theories may be slightly better to treat something or another, but what actually really matters is the type of relationship that you have with your client or with mm-hmm. your therapist. So, A, if you're with somebody that you don't necessarily feel you have the right jive, you're not going to get the level of healing that you probably could with somebody that you do feel very comfortable with. Mm-hmm. B, peer support is huge in the mm-hmm. treatment of everything from, think about like 12-step programs, that's all peer support. Right. You know, um, creating peer support for people experiencing psychosis, peer support for people who have survived cancer, you know, for grief. Peer support is an incredibly vital piece of healing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, in my informed consent at my practice, one of the things that I talk about is the fact that your relationships might be different and will change as you grow. Mm -hmm. So people that you were like, this is my bestie and we're super great. And we used to go and get turned every Friday night (laughs) and, you know, like they know every little dirty little secret in my life. Well, that's wonderful. But do they have a place you know, in your life, if you're not doing X, Y, or Z, mm-hmm. are they facilitating you to live a healthy, wonderful, empowered life? Mm-hmm. Are they the ones that, yeah, might have gotten turned on Friday night um, when you were 21, but now are they going to just regular gentle yoga and complaining about their knees the next day? <laughs> those are true friends. Yes. Mm. I see you, friends. That friend is me. Sorry. <laughs> I think maybe just to summarize, is, and we had a question in here, which is, is there a right or a wrong way to journey through life postpartum? And I feel like this entire episode answered that, which is, there is no wrong way, right? right. That, that's right. That's right. Thank you. Thank yes. you for that uh, scholarly answer. Um, but you have to meet yourself where you're at and do what's best for you. Yeah. Um, and And we've really kind of talked about a lot of different things you can add to the to Natalie's arsenal, as we're going to call it, the toolbox that you can use um, to to heal and grow after trauma, um, and and you have those things ahead of you, and you're also not alone. So mm-hmm. find the people that you trust and love, and and they can help you get there. And side note, uh, regarding the body keeps the score, uh, there's a big we're flashing a big trigger warning up here. It's going trigger, 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 because uh, digesting the material of that book is is uh, a, a lot. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe check with your counselor and see if that's a great thing for you to do before ordering it on Amazon. Um, to be honest, it's a book that I only read one chapter at a time every couple of weeks because it is yeah. a lot of information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just to be aware that there's a lot of heavy material there. Mm-hmm. So mamas, once again, you are never alone. You are not crazy. You are not overreacting. And healing takes time. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard, but it takes time and it's going to be worth it. You mm-hmm. are worth the healing. You are worth the investment. Um, you've journeyed through a lot. And so um, 
have that compassion on yourself because you are so worth it. And so, Natalie, thank you again. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you for having me. You're like our own personal Oprah. Yes. (laughs) We call Debbie our mom. Yes. Let's call you our Oprah. Oprah. Yes. (laughs) There's no higher compliment. (laughs) Exactly. I love it. Well, and as always, we will link how to stay connected with Dear Nikki Mama in the show notes. We'll also link Natalie's practice in the show notes as well. And um, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that this episode um, gave life to you and just offered you some insight into navigating your personal healing journey. So have a great rest of your week and we will see you guys next time. If you love this podcast and would like to hear more amazing stories, please consider becoming a member of the Dear NICU Mama Patreon page. In addition to special merchandise and early access to content, Patreon members support the mission, programs, and services of Dear NICU Mama. You can find the link on the description of this episode. As always, if you'd like to hear more from Dear NICU Mama, click subscribe. Welcome to the sisterhood.